Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up guys, Coach Steve here, and welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner. In today's episode, I'm joined with our co-host, Coach Nick. Nick, how are we doing today? I'm really well, thanks Coach Steve. It's a beautiful sunny day in Melbourne. I have got my steps, I have trained, everything is A1. How about you? Nick, kicking all the goals today. Uh, Yeah, today was actually quite chilly this morning, so um, I had to rug up a little bit and now the sun's out. So it's just a classic, classic Melbourne day, I reckon. (laughs) Yeah, true, true. Sun's out, guns out. Sun's out, guns out. But look, Nick, uh, exciting episode today because we have hit the unlucky number 13. Unlucky number episode 13. And I need to give another public apology out there because last week I called the episode of the Coach's Corner episode number 11, where the week before was episode number 11. So it should be number 12. So we skipped number 12, the dozen, and went straight to 13. So we currently have two episode number 11s of the Coach's Corner. Episode number 12 is non-existent, and then episode number 13 is here. So we made it. Episode number 13. Exciting times, Nick. That's crazy and so funny. (laughs) (laughs) You don't usually make errors like that. So, you know, it must be the lack of sleep. Yeah, look, I I need to reflect on that mistake and we move on, right? That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Now, Nick, before we jump into the true crux of the coach's corner where we offer our tip of the week, tell me, how's your training coming along? Oh, it's really good. Um, it's just the best ever. I love it. But I have nothing nothing to see here. <laughs> There's still nothing exciting. It's just all about just getting it done, but I love it. It's my my whole world, except for my bunnies and oh, children and oh, yeah, those things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How about you? It's uh, tracking along nicely. I've just moved into my next phase of of training. So I run on like meso cycles every four weeks, and I kind of just uh, change up my my program just ever so slightly. You know, instead of like a barbell bicep curl, I might do a dumbbell bicep curl. You know, that type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, I'll talk about it a little bit in my coach's corner segment, but just experimenting with a few different exercises and just making the most out of the resources I have in my own garage because I don't I don't train a commercial gym right now, I train in a garage. So trying to do certain exercises and like, oh, maybe I'll just put my foot here up against the brick wall and then my arm here and I can kind of do this. And like, oh yeah, actually, this is a really nice way to hit my shoulders or my pecs or my back. Um, so it's been interesting, but uh, yeah, it's one of those, if I film myself and put myself online, I probably look like the stupidest person going around. Um, but it's been it's been a, a fun little exploration the past couple of weeks. It's been good. I think you'd fit in very well on Instagram, to be honest with you. I don't think you'd look any different to anyone else that's on there. That's true. That's true. Uh, but I don't know some of the weird and wacky stuff I've been trying to do. Uh, but it's okay. It's okay. We, we, we digress. Yeah. Um, but Nick, let's jump into it. Move into the coach's corner, offering our tip of the week. Take us away, Nick. What advice do you have for us this week? right so my advice i don't think it's going to be very controversial i don't think it's going to be boxing ring situation but i'm sure that you'll have something to add but i'm just going to talk about encouraging your loved ones particularly around mother's day um and whether you um have a mum or you are a mum or even if you don't then i'll broad i'll make it a bit broader and say your loved ones because you might be a mum and you might be encouraging your kids there are so many ways to look at this it could be like let's just talk about it in terms of encouraging a loved one to get into fitness so you are the preacher and they are the the um the people that go what are are they called oh my gosh congregation 
Thank you, my brain. The, you know, yeah, the, so the fitness congregation. So you are, you've discovered your love of fitness. You have discovered your love of training. You want to share it. You want to show people how good you feel. You want them to feel the same way. How can you encourage a loved one to get into fitness? Um, it can actually be like a bit of a, a delicate matter because just say that, like, for example, just say for Mother's Day, you gave your mum some sneakers or something and you said, I really want you to start walking. You've got to say it in a way where they don't get a little bit offended. So um, you firstly got to be a little bit tactful, but I reckon doing something like that, a nice present is a really good way to get started because you can always give someone something like a hat or some sunnies or um, something like that. And you can say, uh, let's start walking together so we can hang out more, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, but yeah, some tips to help with this, and it can be anyone in your household, because we know how difficult it can be when you've got that resistance. Um, so it's better to get people on your side. So if, because if you've got someone who's trying to sort of say to you, don't worry about it, that's very hard. Sometimes you can get tempted to, to not do it. Um, so I think leading by example is really important. So for the last, I reckon, oh, it's close to 20 years now, I've been getting up at very early and, um, I don't know whether Shane notices or not. Sometimes he says, oh, you woke me up. And I'm like, it's always been the case. You just have forgotten. But um, it has sunk in a little bit because occasionally he'll say, oh, it's so good that you get up and you've got everything done. And then um, on the weekends, he kind of follows my lead and we do stuff together and um, he comes on walks with me and stuff and I force him to. Um, so I lead by example. Um, I live and breathe it as we know. And um, I think even though Shane has, he marches to the beat of his own drum, he can very much see um, that it's something that's beneficial. And so he he's a night owl. I'm a morning person, but we do meet in the middle on the weekends and we go on walks and that's where we discuss our future of our lives and what we're going to be doing. Now, my mum is the same as me. So she's just a, a mini me because um, she's definitely very tiny Um I don't know how she gave birth to me, but I obviously wasn't like this when she gave birth to me. But um, we walk together as well. And we've always done the Mother's Day run up until a few years ago. We did that. Obviously, I think with COVID, we kind of, we did it as a walk with the kids and, and it was a bit weird. So we haven't reinvested in that. We're doing something else this time. But um, that was a really good way for us to connect and do our run together. Um, the next one is, yeah, find common interests. So you want to find stuff that you just say you, you want your mum to do it. You want to find stuff that you both enjoy. So it could be a bike ride together, obviously not necessarily in the middle of the main road, but it could be um, on a nice track. You could hire bikes. So it doesn't have to be in the gym. That's the thing. Um, it can be anywhere. And that's say my mum, she's not, a, she doesn't lift weights, believe it or not. She did not teach me about lifting weights. Uh, I think she's a little bit scared of it, but um, she's very supportive of me doing it, but she will come for walks with me till the cows come home. You know, we'll do all sorts of walks. So yeah, hiking's another one. Hiking, biking, swimming. Mum and I used to go swimming together. Um, we would go, when I was training for the Ironman, we would go together to the pool and she would do her laps, I would do my laps. So I think that communal idea of meeting someone, knowing that you've got to catch up with someone is an amazing way to stay on track. Um, knowing that somebody's expecting you to pick them up or meet you somewhere is um, also really good for the gym because you have to go. If if you promise someone that you'll be there, you don't want to be that a-hole that cancels. It feels terrible. Um, 
and yeah, start small. So that's what I've done with Shane. And Shane is is currently on a walk without me, which is good, fantastic. But um, we started off with a small bit of the block and now we do a walk that takes us an hour and a half and it does go past a lovely bakery. So um, if Shane needs to have a pasty on the way, he can. Um, this is, you know, Shane is Shane. Shane's awesome. He's very, he's fit and everything like that, but he doesn't take it as seriously as I do. So he's got his snack if he needs his snack. Small achievable goals. Um, we sometimes say with the kids, even though they're reasonably fit, but they don't really like walking with mum. So it'll be a 10-minute walk to the shop sometimes just to get them out and about. Um, but yeah, with, with people that don't do fitness at all, just that hit of endorphins, the way that it can make you feel can kind of um, build your confidence and motivation to then start to introduce other things. Um, also, you, you don't want to be that a-hole. I keep saying a-hole, but you don't want to be that person that gets all smug and says, oh, well, you, you could only walk for this amount of time. You want to be supportive. You want to be supportive and encouraging of whatever they're doing that isn't just sitting there. So just because you can lift a million things and you're in the gym all the time doesn't mean you have to be that person that, that rubs it in other people's face. So it's really good to be encouraging. It's really good to say how amazing that you got out. How good does this feel? And encourage them to pay attention to how their body feels because nobody ever usually says, oh, I wish I didn't go on that walk. You know, most people will say, I'm glad I went. Um, yeah, a routine is really good. So mum and I, we walk without fail, uh, yeah, about three or four times a week together. We have times. Um, they're very early in the morning and we go whether it's raining or not. We've got our raining plan. We've got our, um, we've got ponchos. We've got all that sort of stuff and we just do it. So that's our routine and it's it works for both of us. So you've got to find something that works for both parties um and yeah that's a way to also make sure that you keep it up um, otherwise if it's inconvenient at all it's going to drop off so the accountability is really important um, you can do stuff like challenges i mean we have that on the app anyway but you can do step challenges um, with your devices so that's another one accountability and you can um, send each other your stats and stuff that's kind of cool um, I don't really do that, but um, you can. And you can also set weekly check-ins for yourself. Um, I know that that some of our challenges do that. They will talk about their step count and they'll be accountable to each other. And um, just remember, like if you are getting somebody into fitness for the first time, it's really important, as I said, to just be patient and understanding and not put all of your expectations and judgments upon them because that's that fitness preaching that I've spoken about before, just because you something works for you doesn't mean that other people are going to like it like if Shane tried to if Shane said to me karate is the only way to get fit um, and you have to come to karate with me I would hate that I, I respect karate but I don't want to do karate so um, we would have a bit of a clash there so we have to find that common ground and I think that that's the way and um, find something where you can also do that habit stacking where you can socialize at the same time when you're first starting out so it just time just passes quickly and um, you'll find that they achieve things and then you can kind of start to talk them into more and more. But by then their health markers will have already improved if they're just sitting there usually. So um, then they'll want to um, get a little bit better just because they're starting to feel a little bit better. So they're my little tips. And, um, you know, with, with Mother's Day, if you do have a mum or you are one or, you know, you celebrate anything to do with that, you could ask for something fitnessy or you could give something fitnessy 
it's a really good time. Um, yeah, sneakers, um, skipping rope, anything, anything that's that's kind of nice, as long as you say that you'll do it with them and the reason that you got it for them is because you want to hang out with them more. Nick, <clears throat> I love it. I love it. I love it a lot. Um, and I love that last point where you're saying, you know, using fitness as a social tool, like a way to spend more time with people, especially your loved ones and build and foster that relationship. Habit stacking, really powerful. Uh, I do agree that it's definitely on a spectrum, right? Like, you know, you and I, and most people listening to this, we are, uh, you know, diehard fitness people. Like we're, we're deep in the trenches and for health, you know, for health, we, we can achieve uh, a good quality of health through very minimal amounts of, you know, fitness, right? It could just be the physical activity guidelines in Australia, you know, 150 minutes of activity throughout the week. Uh, most of us do that, you know, in a day, uh, but, you know, for some of us it could just be going for a short walk daily is enough to maintain some level of fitness and meaning fitness defined as like the ability to do something. Yeah. So to increase our fitness, probably something that's going for a walk is very low hanging fruit. Right. And depending on our loved one and what level they are, you know, they might be at that really early stage of fitness where, you know, they just want to start something. And I had a new year's resolution this year, Nick, to uh, facilitate more than I dictate. Right. That was my, my, my resolution to facilitate more than I dictate. And um, in the past, I've, I've been known to, uh, you know, make things happen, you know, through brute force, not physically, but, you know, I just kind of like push things along and, and, and get things done, mm. um, you know, very much dictating where, uh, you know, it served me well this year to allow things to happen, to facilitate things to happen. That's in um, work and in social life and relationships and everything across the board. Uh, and if you think of it like that, where, um, you know, be a facilitator to help somebody, you know, get into fitness. And I definitely have this fitness identity, you know, listening to this, you're like, well, yeah, Steve, you know, you're, you're, you're the coach in the challenge. Yeah. You have a, a fitness identity and people around me often come to me and say, oh, you know, I want to get started. I don't know where to start. So in that facilitating hat, you know, you might offer low hanging fruit Oh, come with me for a walk. You know, I'm, I'm actually about to get my steps up or I'll meet you at the lake. We'll go for a walk. Walking is often a very low hanging fruit, good place to start. And I've done that with friends. I've done that with family, um, helping them to get started. Of course, those people who are already invested and they go, oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm pretty active. I go to the gym already, blah, blah, blah. I want to get into powerlifting. Well, I want to get into a physique sport like yourself, Nick. Okay, you're on the next rung. All right, come with me to the gym or like Shane. All right, we're going to go do some karate. You know, I'm going to, I want to make my way through the stages of the, the belt system. Yeah, okay. So there's different levels of facilitation that we can play. And I think, you know, I'm not saying that there's a duty, but, you know, for some family members, if we truly love them and, we all know they would benefit from some physical activity. They probably also know they, they would benefit from some physical activity. If you could help facilitate that, and that could just be an open invitation. It doesn't mean, hey, mom, you're coming for a walk with me. It's more of, hey, mom, would you like to come for a walk with me? They might be waiting for that opportunity to go, yeah, yeah, I do want to come with you. And you probably really foster that relationship. So um, yeah, really, really good advice, especially around Mother's Day. And if you haven't planned anything with Mother's Day, maybe your plan is to go for a walk with your mom. I think that's a really great one. For sure. And if you are my mum, she might be listening. You never know. She she gets, I'd love to share my um, text stream with her because she'll she'll just get me sending her the plan for the week. So I'm probably dictating <laughs> not for some day. I'm like, okay, so we're going to meet at this street at this time on this day. And she just goes, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
No, I love it. I love it. I mean, there's always time. No, oh, please don't soundbite this, but there's always time for a dictator, right? But sometimes <laughs> we'll be better to facilitate things. A fitness dictator. <laughs> oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. No, love it, Nick. Not love it, love it, love it. Uh, <clears throat> Nick, I would like to talk about the topic of <clears throat> what makes a good exercise. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this actually stemmed from a conversation that I had um, in a, a, a new role that I've been having lately, Nick. So um, outside the challenge, I've been helping out at Fit College to teach Cert 3 and 4 in fitness. And it's been a really, um, yeah, rewarding experience to educate, teach, and, and mentor the next generation of personal trainers. So uh, this conversation um, that I'm talking about actually stemmed from a conversation I had with some of the Cert 4 in fitness um students that i had just the other day now for context we were talking about programming so we were designing a program and we're talking about certain exercises um and for this certain program we were building it out as like a a push and a pull kind of setup so we're doing like a lower body push a lower body pull an upper body push and an upper body pull and that could be like a lower body push is like a squat a lower body pull would be something like a deadlift an upper body push would be like a push-up or a bench press and then an upper body pull would be like a, a, a row, right? So that's just how we can kind of like categorize exercises. So uh, the conversation stemmed because I asked a student, um, you know, we need a lower body push exercise or a knee dominant or a quad dominant exercise. What is an exercise that we can put there? And the student said a hack squat, okay? Awesome, great exercise. I was like, okay, cool. In the gym, they pointed at the hack squat machine and it wasn't actually a true hack squat machine like you and I know of it, Nick. It was one of those kind of V squat machines. Yeah. So what what a V squat machine is, is, you know, it might look similar to a hack squat. A hack squat, the sled moves straight up and down, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas a V squat, the sled actually kind of like pivots Mm -hmm. and you end up kind of going into a bit more of like a deadlift shape, a bit Mm -hmm. more of like a low bar squat shape because it kind of folds you in, in half. So this led to the conversation of me explaining and saying that maybe this machine wasn't as quad dominant as we thought. It wasn't, might not have been in this category of the lower body push that we we're looking for. It might be a little bit more glute dominant because the hips were moving a lot more than the knees. Okay. So then the student turned around and goes, oh, well, I've seen people face the other way on that machine. So what they, what they described to me and then they showed me was how they faced this machine. So their face was up against um, the pad, um, their shoulders were underneath the shoulder pads, and then they completed the movement completely the opposite way of the movement was intended to do. Hmm. Right. And they're like, oh, was, would this be more knee dominant? I see people doing it this way. And that led into the conversation that we're having here today now in this podcast about what makes a good exercise. Because what I was uh, suggested to these students um, was that certain machines, it's probably better to use the machine the way it was intended rather than trying to, uh, you know, completely change the machine. And, you know, for that example, no, it wasn't a quad dominant exercise. Um, And if anything, I think it's a little bit of a silly exercise. You know, you kind of get your head into a weird position. You're kind of exposing yourself to the entire gym. Um, It's just just weird. It's not very stable. It's not very uh, safe in in general. And um, I say this with a a sense of caution because I know there are some challengers out there who, um, you know, like to complete this movement this this way uh so i'm not saying it's going to be a necessarily bad movement um because there's technically no such thing as a bad exercise it's just maybe the wrong exercise at the wrong time for the wrong goal okay so let's go through a little bit of a checklist about how we can determine what is a good exercise 
okay? So firstly, a good exercise, of course, is a safe exercise, okay? Um, something that, you know, it's not going to cause immediate danger. And I mean danger more broadly. Like if you want to do an exercise and the exercise involves, I don't know, playing with fire, probably not a safe exercise. If the exercise involves, you know, balancing on a balancing beam with, you know, weight over your head, okay, danger, you know, danger, danger, danger. Um, if you label an exercise not safe because of arbitrary biomechanic principles, like, you know, you're doing a Jefferson curl, which is where you're rounding your back and lifting load, um, and you think that's dangerous because it's bad for your spine, um, I want you just to take a step back question a couple of things or preconceived assumptions because injuries happen when the load is too great so if you were to build up capacity in those positions you could withstand um, load under you know rounded backs or awkward arm shoulder joint positions if you had capacity in those areas if you built them up which is why you have you know gymnasts getting into crazy shapes you have acrobats getting into crazy shapes and you know athletes getting into weird and wacky shapes because they have strength in those shapes and positions right so safety is a is up up there with one of the most important factors as is this exercise good is it safe okay Next, of course, is comfort, right? So talking about this V-squat machine, if you're facing it and your face is up against the headrest and when you complete the squat, you kind of have to, you know, crank your neck back because your head has nowhere to go, it might not be the most comfortable thing going around, right? So we need to consider comfort and execution ability of this exercise, right? Next, we go into a little bit of technicals. So when we're completing an exercise, we need to determine is this exercise specific to the goal that I'm trying to achieve? So does it hit the target muscle if we're aiming for a muscle? So, you know, in this particular case, I was looking for a lower body push or a knee dominant lower body exercise or a quad dominant exercise. So was this exercise good for, for that category we're looking for? Mm, probably not, right? It's like saying, oh, I'm going to do a bench press to train my biceps it might not be a good exercise to train your biceps even though if you watch someone bench press you might see their bicep is is under tension it might not be a good exercise for that muscle similarly if you're not training the muscle you might be training a joint or a movement or something similar again asking those questions is this specific is it reaching my my goal now in my garage gym I'm trying a lot of weird and wacky uh, exercises or movements or positions, you might not even call them exercises the way that they look, so that I can try to load my muscle in a certain position, given the logistics that I have. So it might be good exercise because it's specific to the muscle, but then we can kind of go into the next stages where we need to question load ability. And what that means is how much can you actually how much tension can you actually apply to this muscle or this 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 position yeah and this kind of is along the lines of that concept of raw stimulus magnitude which i spoke about in, in uh, a few few weeks ago and an example would be like a bench press you can load that bench press you know put 100 100 plus kilos on there and you know it's 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 quite easy to load it but some other exercises like if you were doing a kettlebell chest fly um, in a weird position, it might be hard to load that exercise in the same way. So you've got to consider, can you load that exercise? And given this V-squat position, the V-squat actually started in a bottom position, not a top position. So Nick, you know what I'm talking about, where, mm. you know, when you go into like a leg press, you your leg is almost like straight and you 
un, unhook it and then you could lower it into the lower position and then push up into the, the, the high position. So this V-squat actually started from the low position. So to get into the V-squat, you have to kind of get into the bottom of the squat and then kind of stand up to kind of uh, lo load it. So to load that exercise would be really difficult um, because you needed to get into the bottom of the squat, stand up and load. So it's just tricky. So it might not have been a really great exercise. Next thing to consider, of course, is range of motion. Um, so we want to train our muscle through as much range of motion as we can. And some exercises, we kind of limit our range of motion. You know, take, let's say you want to train your biceps and you are doing a barbell bicep curl. You know, your hands kind of start in front of your thighs and your elbows are bent. So your elbows aren't even straight. So you're kind of missing out on this whole like first portion of the bicep curl. And then when you go to complete the bicep curl, you might, the barbell might hit your chest first. So you kind of don't get a full contraction. So in terms of range of motion, that might not be a really great exercise when you compare it to another exercise where you can train the bicep in a greater range of motion. So some things to consider. And then finally, of course, is probably the, 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 the most technical one, which is stability aspects of it. So um, when we complete, uh, especially a machine exercise, the way it's meant to be completed, it's usually highly stable. Take a leg press, strap yourself in and, 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 and push, right? Take this V squat, you know, you've got the backrest behind you, you've got the headrest, you've got the shoulder pads, and you can go through that, that kind of folding squat, V squat motion. Whereas if you face the other way, you know, you've lost all that stability because you don't have the backrest or the headrest. You just got the shoulder, the shoulder pads and everything's a little bit like awkward because it's not designed to be used that way. The same way as some folk who use the leg press and they might try to face the pads. I've seen people try to do that and try to do a kickback on the leg press. That's weird. Um, or try to lie on it in a sideline position. Nick, you've seen those and it kind of got popular in the, the, the booty scene where, you know, they try to lay on their side on the, the leg press and try to, you know, do this like sidekick. You've seen it. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Same thing. You know, we lose a lot of stability that comes from the leg press because we're now on our side. Uh, so it may not be effective at recruiting that muscle. And then it then affects loadability, um, specificity, and then even the safety of that exercise as well. So as a little bit of a checklist to consider, um, you know, when you're choosing exercises, is this a good exercise? Um, I want you to remember that there's no such thing as a, a bad exercise unless it's danger, danger, danger. Um, you know, it might just be the wrong exercise at the wrong time, maybe for the wrong person, because even some of the examples I gave, it might be relevant in a certain use case. Like, let's say my V squat example, that might be really relevant if it was, if you had a specific outcome. Like maybe you had a sports specific outcome, you were playing rugby and you wanted to improve the scrum and you wanted to be in a slightly unstable position um, with the shoulder pads and, and trying to press and create force that way. Okay, maybe you can create that rationale. However, for most of us in the challenge, you know, when we're trying to um, complete exercises with the goal to build muscle, develop uh, movement patterns, develop strength, that might not have been a really great exercise to do. Um, so. Most of the exercises on our programs um, are, are chosen for the, the, the purpose of the challenge. And you might find some other weird and wacky exercises on places like Instagram. And it's really up to you to go through a bit of a rationale and say, is this a, a good exercise for me? And hey, it, it can be a great exercise for you as long as there's a bit of rationale behind it. And you might find some of the more popular exercises are popular for a reason, Nick. Yeah, um, I also think there's, there's also the other thing about 
best utilization of time. Oh yeah, good one. You know, um, uh, no one's got a million years to 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 experiment with the fancy ones when there's other ones like an RDL would be just just as as good. You yeah. know, for anyway, I'm just saying, but um, maybe I can come and be a special guest at your lecture. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. Oh, well, yeah, I think that really t talks about the the maybe a point that I might not have spoken about, Nick, was like how uh, easy it is to actually set up. Right. Mm. And, you know, if you, and I've done this before, Nick, where I might res uh, experiment with like resistance bands. So I might try to do like a, um, a resistance band loaded uh, Bulgarian split squat or something. So I'm trying to get the band over my foot, put my foot down, get the band maybe over my shoulder and then get the back foot on the bench and then like try to find a bit of balance and then maybe try to hold a dumbbell at the same time. It takes me like a minute to get into the position to do the exercise. Mm. And then I do the exercise for a minute and then it takes me a minute to get out of the exercise, right? Mm. So it takes me three minutes to complete this exercise and I've only been exercising for one minute, right? So, yeah. uh, and that's only one leg and then I'm gonna do the other leg. So like sometimes exercises get really complex. It takes you like, a few years to get in there and maybe one example which is from a popular exercise is something like a a, a glute raise or a glute thrust or a hip thrust you know where it takes you a little bit of time to lay down and or sit down and get the bar over your hips and get yourself into position so it takes you like a couple of you know minutes or, or seconds to kind of get ready and you compare that to let's say a dumbbell curl you know grab the dumbbells and curl like it's really easy to get into that position so that's also something to consider as well just the kind of how complex it may become yeah, and hogging the gym, uh, like if you're doing, if you're using a leg press for an upside down single leg something and it's, it's you know, people are going to get a bit pissed off because they're going to be like, well, you've got to still do the other leg and you're upside down and I'm worried about you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And maybe a classic one is like doing curls on the squat rack, right? Mm. You know, you've seen people that are, uh, I mean, it's a little bit of a meme now, so you don't see many people do it. But, you know, if you want to use the squat rack to squat and someone's doing bicep curls on it, you might be like, come on, dude, like, can, can I use it the way it's meant to be intended? And you might yeah. find it another area to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. No, so good. Nick, let's wrap it up there for episode number 13, 13 of the Coach's Corner. We've spoken a lot about how to get your loved ones involved into fitness, maybe facilitating, not dictating, and talking about what makes a good exercise or a good choice of an exercise. Yes. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know, and we'll catch you next week for episode number 14. Yeehaw. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.